the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 136 of the Severe MMA podcast is back. My name is Sean Sheehan, and this week I have a special guest host. It's a man you people listening, listeners to this podcast might might be familiar with him. They might have heard his name before. He's back. It's Andrew McGahan for one week only from the MacLife.com. Andrew Hartings. Hello, Sean. How are you? I'm not too bad. What beeped there? Something beeped. Um, I was trying to turn on my GoPro so I could maybe record a video of this. Yes. And it turns out I have a low battery. <laughs> and the other battery is nowhere to be seen. It's not in this room anyway. <laughs> it's, it's a good, that's a good start. So, how, have you, how have you been yeah. for the last month? No, no one, what is it? A year, you said. Was it a year? How, no one has heard from you for the last year. What have you been doing? <laughs> how have you been getting on? It, it's coming up to a year. And I just realized that I, the GoPro wasn't even recording to begin with. I only started after I set all of that. Oh. GoPro and there it is, died, dead, unfortunately. So um, I think that we'd take up the whole podcast if I started from from when when we had gone. But the the long and the short of it is, I suppose, I've been doing quite a lot of jujitsu because mm. I have found myself in a really uh, like a position that I'm very, very appreciative for like thankful more than anything because when there are events that we're going to be covering whether there's a interest in the fight or we think it's going to be worth covering or if it was the connor fight itself and um, that was when we were starting to like ramp up our coverage for it and that we'd be going away for it so i've got to go to a lot of events even that i wouldn't have probably expected to be covering before and um, i did ufc 200 that time for severe when there was no real interest on it I think I had it already booked or I think there was some reason that I was going to be there anyway. So it's been, it's been interesting for me to get to go and consistently produce the work that we were doing maybe every couple of months before, you know, it it seemed easier when we got into a nice routine of things. And obviously Dave coming over as well, Dave Fogarty, we already had a good working relationship. So, it just kind of flowed very well. I felt that we were able to hit the ground running, especially in New York. And then we went over to Toronto later on in the year for 206. And um, that, like, I think we're going to talk about it later on in the podcast, maybe, but the state of mixed martial arts in 2017 yeah. been a little bit of question marks, you know, like I know that uh, from talking to you guys, even during the year, like there's been weeks where you've kind of been thinking like, oh, what are we going to talk about this week? Mm-hmm. You know, just with, with so little going on. Um, but still got to cover some great events this year. I was in Texas for um, 211 um, got to go out to Vegas three weeks before the Mayweather fight and uh, cover the fight from inside the camp and um, doing a lot of the build-up. And that was that was an unbelievable experience. Um, but that's allowed me then to be able to afford the free time. Like I, I quit my job in the nightclub in February. So I haven't been working nights since February. So that's been brilliant. Um, and I've been able to spend a lot more time doing jiu-jitsu and take a little bit more seriously. Um, I've also gone gone into work with a couple of other people. Um, Damien Rooney. Do you remember the pro fighter, I Damien do. Rooney? Yeah, uh, sure. I was, I was cornering you with him there a couple of weeks. Oh, of course, of course. Um, how, how could you not? How could you not remember exactly. forget him? Um, or how could he not forget you? The effect, unfortunately, we lost that. It was I didn't want to bring that up, but... Listen, you know, I'm bygone, bygones are, you in my corner. <laughs> bygones are bygones. Listen, 
that's like it was two respected coaches and um, just showing respect <laughs> for each other i suppose but uh yeah no I'm, I'm helping him with a little bit of video stuff promoting his uh his brand like he's launched a cookbook um, oh, the right, it, yeah. yeah, the right diet. Uh, there could be some some treats on it to do a lot. Of, he does a lot of different things. Like it's really good. And um, I'm just doing like food videos with him. Do you know something different? Like do you know, I I have the time to be able to do it. Do you know, I have the ability to be able to do it. And he's one of my he's one of my mates. Like you know, I train with him a couple of times a week. Um, I've also done just little things. Like I realized that the guys that I'm training with. Um, like Decky McLean and Martin Zambella who are training like professionals and putting a lot of time in and I've just I've had this this idea for a while but I've just been I don't want to use the word blessed like but I've been very lucky to be around like and seeing like even especially what Dave how what Dave's impact was in the Connor camp do you know how he was like capturing some of the most iconic photos from that camp whether it was the world tour or the training or the build-up or any of the promotional stuff and they tell a story you know when you look back and yeah. stuff like that we're in a new world sean do you know the written word is was what used to was to document stories in the past it's videos and photos now and they can tell you know a picture can speak a thousand words if we're going to get cliche so and <laughs> ten, 10 pictures is ten thousand words <laughs> that's that's how multiple many, books <laughs> how many people in the last year have asked you do you hate sean sheehan now how many people have asked you nobody Nobody really. Nobody no, more people have asked me if I'm still in touch with Sean Sheehan. Yeah, I was in touch. Yeah. So, like, pe people think like <laughs> I, I think a lot of people think that we don't like each other anymore, don't talk anymore. Like we talk, no, like that's, we we talk quite regularly. Like, yeah, I'd, say, yeah, I'd say we have at least like a thirty-minute phone call at least once a month, and with yeah. regular uh, correspondences in between that. But um, just to finish off, because I know you want to get onto it, it's it's more so that now. I invested myself in a couple of bits of good equipment um, and that was because of a change that had happened in the Mac life recently. They've started to branch out into so many different areas um, like the Mac life style, the Mac life entertainment, the Mac life fashion. It's different channels that are going to be launched over the next couple of months but there's one that's been launched called the Mac life sport which is allowing me a sort of a broader scope into the coverage that I'm able to do. So kind of back to what Dave and I were doing before, you know, just being able to go and film a bit of content and then be able to produce it and it not having to be linked around a big fight that will just attract a lot of interest because it is a very specific site. So now that they're branching off into a more of a general sport thing, which seems to be going good so far, we'll have a couple of pieces out on that soon. So I'm really looking forward to getting back to doing that and just bringing a camera to the gym to be able to photograph my mates who, their Instagram should be looking better, you know, Sweet. young up and coming pro fighters. Sweet. Speaking of young up and coming pro fighters, let's let's get into MMA. We've we've a few topics here. Um, we're just just going to be a normal podcast like any other podcast, except with Andrew blabbering on more. Like, but uh, <laughs> we've a few topics, but we, this most, it's mostly going to be an all questions answer podcast this week. But there's a couple of bits of uh, of breaking news, and obviously the biggest bit of breaking news. But for that, we're going to talk about KSW as well, Mark Hunt and stuff like that. The news about UFC two fifteen, two sixteen, low boys and stuff. We'll get to them in a second. But first things first, James Gallagher are pulling out this week. I know you. You've been around, obviously, with Mac Life now with Severe for years and years and years, talking to James Gallagher, interviewing him. So, this was huge for him, wasn't it? For him to have to pull out, obviously, the main event with Belfort coming up, it was a big blow for him, isn't it? Um, it really was. And if we can just talk, like, we we're probably going to talk about the scale and the proportion of maybe his career up till this point. Yeah. But uh, Ariel Halwani breaking the story 
you know, that shows. He robbed it off me. He ro- I nearly had it. He robbed it off you, did he? You were close to it. Yeah, I had, one, I, had one, I had one source, and then I had a call into someone else, and then never got back to oh. me, and then Ariel broke it. So, never to, be, like that fella. to be honest, um, it, to, to me, that kind of showed the significance of it, do you know? And it's a little bit of a weird thing for me. Like, I've had a lot of trouble this year, like, especially with people just saying it to me afterwards, like, oh, that must have been an amazing experience. And yes, it was an amazing experience to be within the camp. But to me, like, it, it's not until the thing has happened and gone and I've digested it that I realize how big it was. When you're in yeah. that, you don't actually realize it because you're f- familiar with the people that you're in the scenarios with, if that makes sense. Yeah. If you see John Cavanaugh and Owen Roddy at Irish MMA shows, then when you see them regularly enough, it's... You know, it is just a regular thing. So that's the same thing with James. You know, having seen his amateur fight, having seen when he came back, um, his first fight when he started training again, on when he had started training on the John around 16, and then seeing him progress through amateur continuously through Ireland. He had a great run then at the Worlds, the IMAF Worlds. Unfortunately, he got injured. And then seeing his pro debut and how everything has gone from his pro career that thus far has been... It's only when we step back now and say, okay, so the injury, you are realizing the magnitude of what was about to happen. Do you know that he was about to headline the three arena at such a young age on what was going to be probably a very well attended show. So to me, that is what, um, that's what shocked me. Now, the one thing that I did think about it um, is those shows historically have been filled up with ticket sellers lower down on the card. And there's always been a point made when it gets to the end of the evening how empty the arena was. Yeah. I was very interested to see him because James has taken serious support even to fights over in London. So I was wondering how many of that would transfer down to James with the fact that it was a main event, make it a bigger thing, that there would be more people from Straban coming down and Derry in the surrounding areas. Um, and that was the thing that I was actually looking forward to seeing most because then that's the measure of the scale of the growth of the impact. And you're thinking, wow, this guy has come such a long way. It's a pretty bad. Um, well, my understanding of it is that it's the LCL and the PCL. Is yeah. it? Have I got yeah. that? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, like, it's obviously not good to suffer any injury, but if you're going to be doing anything to your knee, that seems to be the best thing because it may not require surgery. Um, which would be ideal for James in this situation. Yeah. I think he talked to Pizzi there and he said he'll know this week, I think, whether he needs surgery. I, I, read, the, I read the article and that um, mm-hmm. if he thinks it could be March or something like that if he does yeah. need surgery. So to be honest, just from maybe even seeing how he's conducted himself this year, James Gallagher really does start to seem like he's realizing the trajectory that he's on. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that he didn't before. He definitely always had a visual for it. You know, he had a visualization for it and he believed that he would get to to these areas and he believed that this would happen. But it's until those things figuratively starting happening, happening for you, as opposed to thinking that they will happen for you. That's when the person maybe starts to grow into that confidence and that role a little bit more. And I think James was getting ready to really take on the headline of this, you know, to take on that pressure onto his shoulders, to take it all on and just be able to run with it. I think because 
Bama have been quite good at promoting those events in the past, and I do think there was going to be a little bit of a buzz about it. And whether for good or for bad, their name is out there again this week, and people are still going to be talking about them, so people will tune in. So I think it would have been good for James. But um, I'm interested to know what you think. You're coming up for it, aren't you? I am, yeah. I'll be there. I'll be up for KSW as well this weekend, which we'll talk on in a minute. But um, uh, and Gatter, like, I think this is obviously huge for him himself because it's an injury. It was going to be his his first headlining uh, event for for Bellator. And I keep remembering, you know, and um, I know he car- he cornered someone at the UFC Dublin, didn't he? But for McGregor's fight, he was in the front row, and like this seemed like you know it it shot him right after McGregor won in the front row and now he's going to be headlining in the same venue like in front of a in front of a big crowd as well and now the UFC kind of, missed out on that stock footage didn't it they did but the, the, they might miss out yet though uh, he's a, he's still only young but the thing is like since then it's been waiting for someone in ireland to emerge like there's been lots of fighters emerging but someone emer- to emerge as like a headliner in ireland like duffy was coming in there against paria that fight you know it was pulled out who and who else like who else has headlined to be car? I know Paddy Hoolan kept came in, but that was on short notice, and obviously he's had to retire since. You know, uh, Pindred was in the the uh, tough house, and you know he he's retired since, and you know he he didn't get to the headliner spot. Uh, there's really been no one else there since that. Like, Fields will do it unless another curse, I suppose, happens within the next six days. Wait, is he going to be headlining? I thought it was. Well, uh, head- oh yeah, no, he's not headlining. Sorry, yeah. but that's I'm that's. That, I thought that was huge because it was a turning point. A lot of like, it's easy to look at Irish MMA and only see Conor McGregor because, for a large part, it is only Conor McGregor in that echelon. And I mean, I and I don't mean the Conor McGregor Ronda Rousey echelon. I mean like the the top, you know, headlining cards echelon. And Artem Labov did it, didn't he against Scrub Swanson? I know which was great, but in Ireland, like you know, if they're coming back. Coming back to Ireland, could you see Artem uh, hit on the card? I suppose you could if it was a big fight like that, but they don't bring big fights like that to Ireland, you know. So I think that's a good point. The, uh, that's the point of it, sorry. But like, f- it was kind of going to be the emergent, um, emergence of Gallagher as a star. Like, imagine if that place had been full up with 9,000 or whatever. That would have been huge. As you said there, like people were get, were away out of the you know the place. Remember that Tom Duke and Wah Brennan Lock Nan fight? The place was half empty before it started. You know, all the cards I've been up that for, for Bam and you, you know the so- Bellator main event was even worse. Like I even left. I was covering the event and I had to do a radio show at midnight. So I was gone. Like I left as soon as James bet Anthony Taylor that night. Yeah, like imagine, imagine, and, and that I think that one was only the five thousand as well, wasn't it? That that was only half arena. Yeah, scale back. Is this one going to be full arena? I have to say, I'm not sure. I had a few people tweet me asking, could they get you know, you know, their money back and stuff? And I, I don't know what it is. I, I must ask Bellator, I suppose, but they probably won't tell me anyway. They're not my biggest fans, but <laughs> yeah, they, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, with Gallagher there, like even if it isn't now, I think it like it could have been ramped up the last few years coming up to it with you know who he is. He, you know, he has the look. He has the tattoos. He has, he sounds like McGregor. You know, people people want to see him, whether they don't like him for that or whether they, whether they love him for that. And you know, whether he's going to be a star or whether he'll emerge as a star, it's you know, it's all coming to a head now. We don't know. And this was kind of going to be the place where he'd either become that or wouldn't. I think you know the talent. He's definitely improving the talent. He's coming on, has getting more experience and everything like that. And this was going to be the next uh, next side of it. And it's just. Uh, it's just a pity that that it's not happening. But what about what about Brian Moore? You're you've been around Brian Moore for a long time as well. And Brian Moore has always been one of my favorite guys in the Irish MMA scene. But with him, what he does outside and inside of the cage, it, I suppose every cloud is a silver lining. It's great to see Brian Moore getting his chance. 
Yeah, and just one last thing on the James thing, like yeah. what you said about how he was about to become, he has kind of been that fighter for a little while. Like I have a friend yeah. who has a little bit of interest in mixed martial arts at the higher end of like bigger fights. Um, he works with Paddy Power, so he just have people coming in making bets and stuff. So he um, he has been talking to me about James for like the last two years, you know, like the last year and a half, just by seeing content, seeing interviews maybe that I put off and just thinks there's something about him, you know, and if there's the regular person on the street with a casual interest in MMA who's just even making a comment like that, you know, I'd say it is, there's a lot more people that are doing that as well. So yeah. they may not be direct mixed martial arts fans, but I would say there are a lot of people aware of James Gallagher in Ireland as well, just through social media and just through the presence that MMA seems to be having in the country at the moment. Um, Brian Moore, what an opportunity. Do you know, like he came into Bellator short notice, he dropped a fight, then he got his win back and he looked brilliant in that fight. And you could just see, like, I am a big fan of his, uh, his social media game. I think his just the way that he documents everything, how positive he is about everything, how hardworking he is. He's a young family. He just does. He's working nonstop. He's a younger version of, of Damian Rooney, who is literally on the go from one end of the day to the other. And it, he seemed frustrated, to be honest, during the year, just from his social media postings, just constantly looking for a fight, constantly like, seeming like the same thing that maybe people have been complaining or giving off about like Bellator doing before, like coming over, signing people onto three fight deals um, and then them not being offered a match unless they're back in Europe or unless it's somewhere close. And even at that, they're not getting it. So maybe Bellator thought their European expansion was going to go a lot bigger and better this year. Maybe something fell through or something didn't happen. But for Brian to get this opportunity, I think it's absolutely unbelievable. Um AJ McKee is definitely the highest level caliber fighter I think that Brian Moore has ever faced. And the like I am throwing bias into the mix here massively, like, but Brian Moore took a couple of very, very strong shots from Tommy McCafferty, who as you know I read very highly. I rated very highly while on the podcast. And um, I think Tommy's an amazing striker, an amazing fighter. And um, and maybe he had transitioned to mixed martial arts too late because I don't know that if he's fighting anymore. But Brian was able to beat him and take some of his hardest shots. And I do think that Brian is just made of something else. Do you know, like it is, it's so stereotypical. In a couple of years' time, we'd probably call it semi racist. Like he's a bogger. Do you know what I mean? He's an absolute country man. Wexford blood. That Wexford blood. He's a country man. And he is just strong as an ox. And he is, he can just take it. Do you know, there's. Some people that were just put in the world for a purpose, you know, I'm not saying Brian Moore was put in the world to take a strong dig, but it's definitely in his arsenal. <laughs> it's definitely in his repertoire. Purpose, purpose is a smart word there as well, I think, because we talked about Brian Moore for I know he's a guy, he kind of, he fell out of MMA for, maybe not fell out, but he wasn't fighting and stuff for a while, I think, when he had his daughter and stuff as well, starting up his business. Obviously, he's a very successful business, you know, training people, uh, health and fitness, uh, blown westward. And, you know, I think he was finding that hard trying to get to the big show. But now that he's got to the big show, I think he's kicked on again. And Graham speaks about it all the time with Artem Labov, you know, being in the campus of he's seen how Artem's kicked on since he's got to the big show. And, you know, it's tough as well for guys when they're, you know, they're getting 250 quid to, to fight. And you're, you have to put in like, uh, you know, an eight or ten week training camp or whatever to get that. That, well, like it's oh, these guys are all motivated and all want to do it. But it's, it's got to be a lot tougher to do that when you maybe, you know, he could be picking up. 
2025 grand for this. I know it's not much in the grand scheme of things, things if you're looking at the UFC or, or the, you know, bigger Bellator or guys or wh whatever, you know, guys holding belts and stuff. But still, that's a lot more money. And that gives you the feeling that I want to, you know, I want to turn this 25 grand into 250 grand or whatever. And I think he, he's kicked on again. Obviously, we couldn't we couldn't see much of his last fight. We only saw the, the, saw the ending of it because Bellator haven't put it out. And, you know, we, we talked a million times on this podcast about, about Bellator and stuff. And it's a, it's a pity because he, he had two fights. He fought... Uh, you know, an ex Bellator title challenger in his first fight, put on a good show, and he got he got finished. He set himself, he made a say, came back, got a brilliant finish. We you know we didn't see all of it obviously, but uh, he talked to Graham after that as well. We had an interview up about it, and he said you know he performed well. He was happy with his performance. Going in here again, it's just a pity Bellator can't get these those things up. But look, Brian Moore is a well-rounded guy, you know, and it's going to be tough against AJ McKee. Obviously, like most people will probably be picking AJ McKee in here, but I don't think he's as big a favorite. I'd probably pick him myself, but I don't think he's as big a favorite, you know, as many people suspect. You know, Brian Moore, Ariel put out, an, uh, you know, an article said Gallagher's out replaced by AJ McKee and Brian Moore goes, I I'm going to be in that headline after the fight. And I think that, that's, you know, he's a kind of a, uh, um, you know, what's, what's the word I'm looking for on his shoulder? Um, Chip on his shoulder. Angel. Oh. <laughs> He's a chip on his shoulder coming into this. I think that's not no, no harm either, you know. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be an absolutely huge fight for him. And a, a Wexford man as well coming in there. I'm gonna be in Wexford next week myself. So a Wexford man going in there uh headlining a, a big card like that is is even better, I think. I love the um I really love the idea of you know like the hard work being paid off and with an opportunity like this presenting itself because yeah. i really think that nobody does deserve it more at the moment in the country than brian moore and um, luka jalchik is probably a close second contender like if i don't know if you follow him on instagram i know you're into your healthy meals sean but mm. you should follow him on instagram because his story every day is just it looks like the healthiest food in the world he, he seems to love cabbage shredded cabbage i was like a, a bugger like you'd love that delicious like, you might pick oh, up a couple of uh, interesting yeah. recipes like because he really he's really good with them and um, but just like for brian this could be a great like bellator are putting him in there to lose and they're putting him in there to have the insurance of oh, now we can maybe build a narrative between James and AJ in the future that he bet one of his teammates. Yeah. But James said in the interview with PC that he thinks that he won't be, he thinks that he's a quitter. Like from his experiences with him, he thinks he's a quitter and that he doesn't have um, that in him. Am I right in that? And that Brian will be able to break him. Um, yeah, James, James is or, uh, yeah, James is definitely picking Brian Moore to beat him anyway. Yeah, he said he, he said he'd be able to he said he'd be able to break him, that he'll wilt under his pressure. I think um, that Brian is so what i'm trying to say is like compare like yes good american wrestler to a gaa player with mm. tremendous grappling trying to hold someone up against the cage you know you're gonna take the gaa player in that i think you know and if brian can get it there and make it a 30 fight and really land the heavy strikes that we've seen in the highlights of the last fight he was able to land good up against the cage in that fight and um, i think that's going to be very interesting for brian yeah. Martin Story beat the shit out of anyone in the UFC, Bellator. <clears throat> Anything, 100% he'd kill him all. Right, we're Your man, Your man um, Karen McGeaney. That yeah. was the Irish MMA career that was never meant to be. Never, uh, you never know, I might you know, I might come around yet. Put him in there. Who do you think of in the fight, CM Punk or Karen McGeaney? Karen McGeaney would destroy him. I've rolled a Karen McGeaney. Yeah, he's a purple belt. He's unbelievable. Yeah. He's, sure. he's amazing. No, I was a blue belt at the time, but he's amazing. You can you can give me my blue belt now, can't you? Um, I can, but it's apparently disrespectful. 
<sighs> to who? I've I've a black belt in my profile picture. Helio, you can't disrespect Helio, Sean. <laughs> R.I.P. Helio. <laughs> right, let's get on to KSW. We're obviously going to talk more about uh about that Bamator card next week, uh because it's not on for or in two weeks time or whatever. It's not on for a couple of weeks. But this Sunday night, Bellator or sorry, uh, KSW come to Dublin with a, an exceptional, well, not an exceptional, a very good card, I'd say, uh, in the tree arena. First things first, which which card do you think is better? This KSW card coming up or, or the, the Bellator card? Uh, this KSW card, Pujanowski's, McSweeney, Gamrod against Park in a tremendous fight. Uh, you have uh, Michael Materla, who's a big, big uh, star for them. You've Paul Lawrence against Conrad Iwanowski. You've Paul Redmond fighting as well. You've Chris Fields on the card. Pretty, pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to get his name completely wrong, and I'm not even going to say it because I don't know it. There's a guy who's looking for a replacement at 66 kilos who is meant to be an absolute terror. Um, he's like 13 and 0. I was on his Instagram a couple of weeks ago when I seen that he was announced to be fighting on the card. That, that's Maturla, I think. Is he? He's 20, 24 and 5 or something. I think he's fighting Paul Tiago mm. now, is he? Maybe? I don't know. No, I think this was a guy that um, it was on their website. He was on it as t- uh, like versus TBA. Um, I don't, I, to be honest, Sean, I don't know the full Bama and Bellator card. I don't know, I didn't know it had been fully announced. It's nearly impossible to find a full Bama fight card and with changes happening all the time, you don't know if a fight is actually happening until the wins or not. Um, from looking at the KSW card, like the fact that Chris Fields, Norman Park and Paul Redmond are all on it, mm-hmm. then for me, it's pretty much by default a better card just out of the fact that these guys are tried and tested and have been in some of the greatest fights that happened on domestic soil and that happened like and have a lot of uh, achievements amongst all of them so from that side of things like yeah I'd, I'd go to that like yes and bam and bellator you might get to see some good mismatches where there's a couple of like great finishes but for my money i'd be going to ksw and i know the tickets that people were saying they're a little bit pricey yeah, I don't know. I won't be paying for him anyway. So. Oh, media Sheehan going. Um, <laughs> are you, you going to media or are you going to be going there as a fan? I am. I'm going. Uh, I'm down. I'm down credential at it. I could be doing a bit of work at it. I just don't know yet. We're not allowed to talk so often either. We're fucking different. Oh, different no, we're not even. Of course, we're allowed to talk. <laughs> don't say that. Come oh, on, you're going you're gonna to ignite the conspiracy rumors here. <laughs> I want but, that kind um, of want that. We need that. We need to, you know, start up like a fake hatred of each other, like the matter of them. Yeah. So like hey, jerk. Oh, the boys are at it again. Hey loser. Hey jerk. Um no, but to be honest, like for for Chris Fields to finally be getting his chance in the three arena, um, I don't know how many times I've read in interviews about him talking about and he'll still probably call it the point depot when he's interviewed this week about it. Um that and if Tin Lizzie play through those speakers, then you know, for me, that like there's a bucket list of like kind of things that have had to happen in Irish MMA. So until we can like move on to the next next stage, whether it was like Paddy Houlihan getting his main event slot short notice, or just you know the the pride that came over him for taking on that role, um, even like even though he came out to the script that night, you know what I mean? It was still an absolutely amazing moment. It was probably one of the best, most positive ridiculously euphoric atmospheres I've ever felt at a fight ever and Chris Fields getting his fight in the three arena because of what it means to him you know like having missed out on the UFC through tough and just had just terrible luck the last couple of uh, years with fights and injuries and changes of opponents and by all accounts it seems that things are absolutely flying at SPG swords 
whether it's from the mixed martial arts side of things or the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu side of things. And that's that's pretty much the, that is the sole reason that I am flying out of Gdansk at six o'clock in the morning on Sunday to Warsaw to then get another flight from Warsaw to Dublin to get in at half 12 in the day so I can go there. Um, there was a direct flight on Monday morning that was actually cheaper and I said, no, I'll book this myself. Like I really, there's something about this card, something about just Chris getting that opportunity because he, he nearly had it before in the Helix with the Jesse Taylor fight and there's just been something about him since then because he gave me an interview after that fight and the guy had just lost you know world title in dublin in front of his friends and family and how young i was at the time and to give me an interview like that that you know you don't appreciate those things when they happen until you look back until i got a little bit older and started being around maybe fighters more after they had lost like and that's something that i will not forget that's a that's a, a there's an exclusive there that's a fanboy ah, fuck, right. they won't let me in as media now jesus that's a you gave him, un, unprofessional you gave him your, his nickname too didn't you the housewife's choice the housewife's choice yes in las vegas he was over uh with Cahill and like look even though Cahill's out of the game like i don't know if you've seen on social media tonight that's uh like like Cahill was there. yeah the Cahill was there sparring with him tonight like in that like those two are just i don't know that the well, they're they're both two alphas, so they're not the Ross and Chandler of Irish MMA. But I think, think of <laughs> well, I'm Joey, obviously. No, you're a bit of a Joey, in fairness. Yeah, That's, I am, yeah. yeah. Um, Chris, looking at, so just yeah. Looking, at, looking at Chris Fields' record here in Topology, right? You, Bama twenty one fight cancelled. Bama twenty one fight cancelled. Fought in Bama twenty two. That was that submission. That was not a submission. Remember the the boys had the the footage of it, and he lost that fight. Anyway. Bama twenty four fight cancelled. Bama twenty four fight cancelled. Fought again on Bama twenty four against uh, Dan Conchi and won that fight. Bama twenty six fight cancelled. Bama twenty seven fight cancelled. Bellator one seven three fight cancelled. <clears throat> it's just been like two years one two three four five six seven fights cancelled and only had two fights and one of them a controversial fight that that uh you know that shouldn't have ended the way it did in in that time it's been pretty bad luck for him as you said there you know it you know he said i think he's had a, a little was it a daughter or son he's had a child anyway in the last uh since then in the last year or so and uh if you hadn't you know it'd be it's nice to see him getting back in there obviously Chris was one of those lads, and you'll be able to talk about this definitely more than me. <clears throat> he was one of those lads, you know, he was kind of the top dog of Irish MMA before Park got into the UFC and before McGregor got into the UFC. And, you know, as you said, he had that Cage Warriors title and stuff, and a lot of people thought, you know, he was could be one of the ones that get in with it. And he did, you know, he got into the tough house and stuff, and I remember meeting him uh, before the, the one in Dublin, and he was, I was talking to him, and he was unsure about whether he was going to get the chance in the UFC, and he didn't in the end, and... You know, it's. I think there's still life left in him yet. You know, he's. Who did he speak? To? He spoke to someone a couple of weeks ago, anyway. And he, you know, he was talking about it, and he was, he was saying that you know he feels better than he's ever done. And I know, like fighters like to say that and all, but it it'll be nice to uh, it'll be nice to see it coming up here next next Sunday. So it's a when um when I lived in Dublin in my second year of college, I trained in SBG City Centre gym to just yeah. to be able to, for two reasons. Like one, I went in one of the first times, and Joey Brazen was the jiu-jitsu coach and Joey Breslin was the reason that I went there because I really liked Joey from what I had met of him and he was very passionate about jiu-jitsu and I thought he'd be a good coach at the time um, but Chris Fields was there on one of the first days that I was there and was just very friendly you know like even from seeing him around at the interview stuff 
yeah. like went out of his way like when we were training and I rode him quite a bit in that year <clears throat> so it um I don't really know why I even went back and made that point but something you said <laughs> that, something that you said that made you're me game too long you're the game I am I'm just not I, I'm not used to flowing through my points at the moment I'm very very rusty about this sorry but yeah we're looking at the main point then you're looking forward to the Looking forward to the fight. Should we go on? Let's move on. Paul Paul Redmond is coming back here too. He had a bit of trouble with Bam. He's obviously still signed to Bam, I think. <clears throat> we were talking about him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he's fighting Oh, Lucas. I read that. Niall broke that, didn't he? He did, yeah. He's the one thing he's done since he came to Severe Niall. <laughs> but yeah, like he, he fought Norman Park. That was a very, very close fight. A lot of people had him winning. You know, even Norman Park said it could have gone either way. I think Paul Redmond said the same. He's a win back since. To, to be honest, I think he <clears throat> Paul Redmond is a guy we spoke about it you know a long time ago on the podcast that when he got to the ufc it might have been a little bit too early but it was just when the improvements were coming and he couldn't show those improvements because obviously he had a huge weight cut and he went in against some fucking mirsad bektich who's one of the top dogs in the world and then you know 145 again for his second fight and I th- you know i always thought and i think a lot of people thought that if he got that opportunity 155 maybe in his second fight or got a third opportunity then it might have gone a little bit better for him and i think you know we see him a lot of you know um wrestling and stuff and doing um jiu-jitsu tournaments and stuff like that i think he's pushed that side of his game even on even further and that was always very good at his tools and everything like that but a top top class referee as well Paul Redmond is but what, what, what do you think do you think he's he's pushed on his game a lot of people come out of the UFC you know and they don't they kind of fall away we you know we've seen it kind of guys like Shane Mills and countless other guys but Paul Redmond seems I know he hasn't had, had that many fights and hasn't put a big streak of wins together but I think in general I think he's a better fighter now than he was a couple of years ago oh yeah absolutely like even I think his last fight like so Rob Sinclair, um, a veteran, like a storied UK MMA guy, and a dangerous fight for Paul, but showed at the time that he was, Paul was just, he's not even in his prime, you know, that sort of way, but just maybe one or two years away from his prime, showing, well, no, he's 30 now at the minute. So when I say prime, I mean that I feel like, I agree with you, I feel that he has a second wind sort of coming, like he is improving. And I think this is the cusp of him showing the improvements that he has made in a finish on a guy like Rob Sinclair. Like it was his first submission since uh, like 2014. I can remember saying it to him after or congratulating him afterwards and saying like fair, like fair play, like just to get back. Cause he has definitely made that improvement in his grappling, you know? And it's weird. Like, cause he's a, he's another guy who's very active on Instagram stories. You know, like one of my favorite things is replace Snapchat, but, for a, you know when he's eating bad because he's posting pictures about it because the majority of times he's eating good all day long and he's training very hard and even you see it in his consistency i think he's been in the gym on the monday morning after his last three fights mm-hmm. you know after stringer park and sinclair he was in the gym monday morning strength and conditioning because andy ryan usually does a, <laughs> a wee video vlog as well when he's walking into the gym um and I think we're about to really start to see the fruits of his labor paying off, especially when it's going to come maybe to finishes. You know, I think he has that bit of a killer instinct back in relation to submissions because he's been doing those submission um, events. Like he's done a couple of grappling matches in Ireland. He, you know, there he's he's competing against guys that he's already better at at that yeah. nogi grappling. So a finish is going to come, and it's going to look great for him, and it's just going to keep building momentum that way so 
when it comes back to MMA, it's translating, you know, because when you get into like decision, 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 you know, it, it, and you're constantly fighting really good guys, you do need to step back. Like it, it is all psychological. Like you do need to step back and go and test yourself competitively and see, oh, this stuff does work. You know, like fights can go whatever way. Like you can't plan how a fight's going to go, but you can plan how a jiu-jitsu competition is going to go. You can plan how like a Muay Thai fight is going to go because it's going to be stand-up or it's going to be on the ground. You don't have to take all the variables of mixed martial art into account when you're just focusing on something like that. And you know that win or lose, you're just going to get better at grappling and maybe you're going to catch a submission. You're going to get something sharper. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to a couple more fights there. Uh, obviously, the main event is uh, Pujanowski versus Jensen McSweeney. There isn't much to be said about that fight. Just kind of a a fun a fun fight. There was talks over Jensen McSweeney having head injuries and stuff like that, and hopefully we'll we'll get a word on that from from someone this week. But I think Mike Russell did an article on that. If someone wants to go and check it out, um, uh, Michael Matarla as well coming in against Politiago, UFC veteran. Obviously, should be should be a fun fight. But I think it's five 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 minute rounds for the the KSW lightweight challenge championship. I'm not sure why this isn't the main event. To be honest, um, Matthias Gamrod obviously against Norman Park in another huge fight, a rematch of their their fight earlier in the year, which um, Gamrod ended up winning. What did he? He did end up winning, didn't he? Yeah, because of there was a bit of fish hooking and a bit of stuff going on, but it was a very, very tight one. Um, <clears throat> and they're coming in here for a five round fight. I thought um, Norman won that fight, to be honest. Yeah, it was. It was definitely. It was a close fight. A lot of people did, I think, and as well, if if he had a point taken, I think it definitely would have been Park's fight. But coming in here again, Park is another one who's fallen out of the UFC, and you know he he did an interview with us there a while back, and he talked about how you know he was thinking about retiring even maybe, and you know talking about how he can't be fighting for this shit money and stuff and he's getting over and stuff but maybe since he got back to KSW I think they pay a little bit better than you know a lot of the promotions around the place coming in here with a title fight again I think I might have rejuvenated him a little bit and this is a top top quality fight very good if you haven't seen Gamera fight before he's very good we all know what Park is about you know hard hard you know wrestler puts a set of good pace uh, or, uh, when I say wrestler I mean grappling his judo is fantastic as you always say with his judo hips and his striking I thought has improved an, an awful as well I think this is a 50-50 fight again and it's good to see Norman Park getting his you know getting his place in one of these big fights again because he was the first one in this kind of reign even before McGregor to get into the you know the UFC from Ireland now with Tom Egan and stuff before that but you know Park has been there for a long time as well and I think um you know, I think you'll have a good following as well with him down from the north. So it should be fun. It's 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 weird, like because when he bet, like I thought the Andrew Fisher fight was good for him. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the Redmond one was fifty fifty, and that's where maybe he was thinking about the retirement thing because he thought himself he could have lost that. Yeah. And then the Gamera fight, which like he could have been on a three fight win streak, realistically having left the UFC, and that could have got him re-signed or picked up for a European event. And I don't think that that would have been the best thing for him. And I think that it would have been an offer that was too good to turn down just after maybe, think, oh, surely, yeah, I'll do this one more time. Because he, if he is happy with KSW and he does win the title here, then he is going to fight with them again. And I think mm-hmm. if Norman does have aspirations of getting back to the UFC in the future and um, to get back maybe to better money or like maybe KSW are going to pay him better as their champion, maybe Norman can be the guy they could put on, on show in Belfast next time. I know that somewhere in Belfast between Norman Park and Reese McKee, maybe even Alan Philpott, who I know has been talking about money. I know he signed with ACB or he's going to be fighting with ACB, but you never know. Like That could be a good destination for KSW to go to in the future. That's one of the things that I'm so interested about next week. I was talking to my friend Marcin, who's uh, from Poland, and I was asking him, like, 
I know KSW is bigger than the UFC in Poland, but like, do they have the name value amongst casual Polish people who could be living in Ireland to come to this? And he said, yeah, I think so. He's like, it's going to be really interesting. He's like, I really think that there's going to be a huge amount of people there just for the fact that it's KSW because they know them from the super shows and the massive amounts of following it has in Poland. And um, so I think there's going to be a really interesting atmosphere, especially between Norman's fans and maybe the Polish community that are going to be in Ireland. I would not be surprised if Norman Park got booed by, if there is a large, large amount of people there. Yeah, that's a good um, point, actually. Yeah. I think that that's going to be a really interesting side of things. And for Norman, like this is a great opportunity for him because he's he's fought hard for this fight on social media. He's really fought hard in terms of like calling him out and looking for this and saying, let's make it, let's do it, let's do it in Dublin. Let's do it, come on the fuck, like, you owe me the rematch. Come on, mate, stop messing around here. And he's got it, you know, and fair play to him. Like, I think that uh, it's a good opportunity for him if he could fight with him again, maybe once or twice, just to get things right, you know, like, in absolutely no disrespect to Reese McKee, who I think has waxed lyrical about him so many times on this show, Reese has now become a man in the last year and a half. You know, Reese has now become a much more valuable training partner for Norman Park. I think the two of those working together in the next few years is going to show great improvements in both of their games because Reese is no longer the skinny teenager who can make 66 kilos. Reese McKee is the guy who was able to fight and beat like Johnny Jitsu in his pro debut, and he's only gotten bigger since then. You know, so I think that Reese is going to be a huge part of Norman's game, and Norman will be a huge part of Reese's game uh, for the next few years. So, that, like that, would be a great area for Norman to continue to grow on the European scene. Yeah, yeah, your point is all there about Polish MMA. I've uh, I actually have an article coming out about kind of the explosion of, <clears throat> of Polish MMA this week on Severe MMA. So check that out. But like, you'll see Gdansk is coming up this week as well. Obviously, you're going to that, and we actually talked about that last week in the podcast because I fucked up the weeks and I thought it was this week <laughs> last weekend. So. We won't get too much into it, but what are you looking forward to on that? What, what do you think of that Cerrone Till fight? Uh, who's winning that? Match? Bob Dylan's winning, so the UFC <laughs> can use changing of the guard and copyright it. I think that that's going to be an absolutely great opportunity for Darren Till. Yeah. Again, something about him. I hate the fact that I'm basing my relationships with fighters off their social media stories. But <laughs> I follow Darren Till on Instagram. The man is like a radio station. His Snapchat and Instagram are fucking radio stations. He's one of those men that's driving to training and he's Snapchatting videos of what he's playing in his car all the time. Don't get me wrong, I've done it myself. Yes. But his is a constant radio station. But the fact that he's doing it so much, it shows you he's going to and from training. And you see who he's training with. It seems to be a good group of guys that are back together training and getting them ready for this fight. Um, his original team, from what I believe as well, this is a serious opportunity for Darren Till and he just after his last fight just seems like he's up for this you know that he's ready for this and I can I can even feel it the way that I'm speaking about it I think this is a chance for Darren Till to assume the role in UK mixed martial arts that Paddy Pimlet was meant to assume about 12 months ago um in Madison after around the time of the Madison Square Garden card yeah I'm 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 not sure about it and I talked about it last week I think it might be a little bit too early for him I think if if you were to pick out someone from that like top ten for him to beat, I think Cerrone might be a good one because we know. Can I Cerrone. can I say one thing? Yeah. And I want you to be a, sorry for interrupting you. That's okay. the first time. Uh, if so, Cerrone in his last couple of fights, we've seen him being hit a lot more. I think um, the Darren Hill hits very hard. We've seen how Cerrone didn't like the body shots from Dos Anjos that time. Yeah. 
I think if Till is targeting the body specifically, that um, that that could be his way to beating Cerrone. But as we've seen in Cerrone's previous fights, despite getting hit, it's often getting hit, at least in the face, that turns him into the guy that can just throw the finish there out of nowhere. Like it seems like he needs to get hit to get going, and that's it. All depends on if Till can actually capitalize on the openings that his strikes will present and not get swallowed and swarmed by Cerrone's onslaught because he is going to come forward. Yeah, Till gets a little bit wild too and the fact that it's five rounds, I know, you know, that's, I think there's a little bit questions over his cardio because he gets very tired but he fights that way and we talked about it after his last fight on the podcast like that. There's, there's going to be a point where he reaches a top level guy and he has to switch up his game to fight differently because you you can't go in and fight a five round fight like you fight a three round fight unless you know um, you can do that but it's, it's not a good strategy most people you t- saw tony ferguson his last fight against kevin lee and his fight against rafael dos Anjos. he totally changed up how he fights uh woodley does it everyone does it <clears throat> you saw dominic cruz going against mizugaki absolutely destroying him and five five round fights he you know he could puts up less of a you know a different just a different strategy the thing can Till make that different strategy in this fight, and it's not just this fight, it's fights going forward. I, I think that's going to be difficult for him to do. You know, if he does that, if he fights the same way, is he going to go three rounds and get tired in the fourth? And you know, Cerrone, we know, you know, you know, Cerrone is, uh, you know, he's a guy that's in wars a lot of time, tiring five fights, and he keeps going. I think that's going to be difficult for him, you know. I, I, I'm picking Cerrone in this fight, I think Cerrone will win it. Uh, you know, Till hasn't that many finishes. I know he hits hard and stuff. He's he's good power and he's you know he's good all around. But I, I don't. I just don't think he's there yet. Uh, I, I'm not sure if he can get there. But it, it's just we haven't seen enough of him yet. And it's not that we haven't seen enough of him against top level guys. We haven't seen that either. But it's just we haven't seen we haven't seen enough of him like progress into a great fighter yet. Now maybe that will happen and maybe he'll it'll be one step one against Cerrone, <clears throat> but. You know, I can't, I can't pick him on what I've seen yet, but that's not to say he, he won't win. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. What about Artem Lobov? I know uh, you spoke to him this week. Did you? How, yeah. How's he getting on? Um, he good fight. I think it's. Uh, he was doing when I was there. He was doing a couple of rounds of pads with Roddy. Um, I know that he had been doing pads with Roddy specifically as well, not specifically, but definitely. I I don't know how much pads he was doing with Roddy, but. Um, previous to the Swanson fight but I know he had started then doing more with Roddy um, and I thought that was pretty evident in the Cub Swanson fight I do think that that was Artem's best performance yeah. that he had shown in the UFC um, and against lesser opposition than Cub Swanson would have got him a pretty impressive finish to be honest I think that we're going to get to see that um, next week just the stuff that he's working on with Roddy seems very very good and um, you know exactly what you're going to expect with Artem and I think that the fact that he had spent so long maybe in isolation in Connor's camp, exclusively doing boxing, the timing and the sharpness of his strikes, I think, is what's going to be the most impressive about his performance next week. I think you actually are going to see a really, really crisp, crisp striker in Artem Lobov next week. Yeah, yeah. everyone heard my views on it <clears throat> last week. I think he's improved an awful lot as well. My voice is gone for some reason. But yeah, I think it's going to be a very 50-50 fight. I think I'm just shading it at him because I think uh, I think he's capable of dealing with someone at Philly's level of grappling, yeah. wrestling, offensive wrestling. 
yeah, Feely fights a little bit like Ishihara, and maybe that's actually a bad thing because then you know same camp and stuff. They might know how to prepare better this time. But I, Artem showed that he can beat a guy like that as well and push him back. If you let Feely push you back, I think he can open up and he's a good you know good striker that way. He's good at takedowns and stuff. But I think if Artem can get on, on the front foot and push him forward, he can win a couple of rounds. I I think it'll be two rounds to one. I think it'll be a 29-28. Could be a controversial decision. A decision either way. I could see Artem knocking him out as well. You know he hits hard, and it, you know we mightn't see it that often but you know we saw in Tuffy why was it three fights in a row or something he knocked guys out so that could happen as well but yeah I, I think it'll be a it'd be a close decision right let's move on uh, and get it to a few of these questions we've uh we've a few minutes left so we'll take seven or eight of these questions Mr. Podge good are man you, are, are you are you really cutting the podcast short just no I'm not but no uh, no I'm not cutting it short but we've I'm actually cutting it long because we've been here for a long time and oh, really? yes we have uh the question we, I always go ages, right? And then go, oh, we'll get to the questions and we'll do like five minutes of questions and it ends up being like 35 minutes of questions. Oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. We're, what are we in? we're like uh, 50 minutes in now, for product, mm. uh, approximately 55. So we'll like it. The, the days of Andrew and Sean potentially rambling mm. for two hours are gone. Yes, they are. And yeah. also my voice is fucked for some reason. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm still fucked up from Ron in Ireland. It was Ireland this week. It was as well. Yeah, yes. wasn't it? Last yeah. weekend. Okay, Mr. Podge, friend of the podcast, first question. How strange is it that Mark Hunt is even in the UFC looking for fights while suing them at the same time? Obviously, this is about Mark Hunt getting pulled out because he gave an interview. I think he might have actually written the article himself or, or you know, it was definitely ghost written or something anyway where... Um, I where read it. Yeah, where he... What exactly did he say? I didn't read I didn't get a chance to read it. Uh, to be honest, it was quite uh, quite messed up. Yeah. You know, it definitely it should be making a lot of people maybe think more about the sport like he admitted to like feeling early signs of CT like being able to remember stuff from years ago and not be able to remember what happened yesterday and that how he's prepared to die in the octagon because he's an absolute warrior yeah. um, that that's the way that he's prepared to go um, about how like he feels that he really has a run in him for the world title in the UFC because he's been screwed over by people that are failing drug tests and he's been caused physical harm and damage to people that have had to get an advantage and his life quality of life is deteriorating because of these cheaters do you know and it was a I like as soon as we're done here just read it before you go to bed it was it was really really fucking touching to be honest and I am um, I think that maybe is he trying to get released from his contract? Does he want to be able to go and fight in Japan? Does he want to be able to go and fight maybe somewhere else where he can get more money or command more money? I think that the UFC don't want to do that because they know that he could get a lot more money and he could probably say a lot more worse about them if he's not under contract. But mm -hmm. if his goal is like in terms of like maybe getting sued while under contract or something, I don't know. But it's it's definitely really interesting. Like I think that um I think that he will fight. I think that this will get resolved and he'll get rematched. I don't think that, like, the last thing that the UFC really need now is someone like Mark Hunt, like, suing them over something to do with their contracts, you know, about him being willing and able to fight and wanting to fight mm -hmm. and them not allowing him to work as an independent contractor because if, like, you know, the that debate's been talked about so much in mixed martial arts, especially over the last year. So, uh that's you know they're in a they're in a pickle to be honest with Mark Hunt. To my taking is that you can't blame the UFC here in this situation because they, they pulled out Ken Velasquez for saying you know he didn't injure back and stuff a while back. Mark Hunt says he's slurring his speech and stuff like that, and he says afterwards it's a joke, but he didn't say that beforehand. Like uh, you, can, what can the UFC do? I think I think you're probably right. What's going to happen is. 
you know, like even I know it's a lot, a lot different situation, but we had the domestic violence situation. They do this internal report and then he's back fighting. I think what they'll do is they'll fly Mark Hunt over to Vegas or have fly him to some doctor or doctor in Sydney or whatever and have him a whole load of tests, release a statement that he's passed all these tests and he'll fight again. Because I agree, I don't think they want to release him and not only having him say a load of shit about him, but also having him fight for Bellator is one part of it. And then he already has this ongoing lawsuit against him for the whole Brock Lesnar debacle. And I don't think they want to, you know, they want to release him like that. It'll, it'll just look bad. But yeah, it's it's interesting, I suppose. There, there, you know, there's a lot of things will break in that over next while. Uh, next question, Mr. Podge again. Uh, he asked about money fights and someone talked about bullshit about money fights um, deteriorating the perceived value of legitimate fights. And he goes, you know, uh, are money fights coming back because of WME? Wasn't this a lot of people predicted? Wasn't this what a lot of people predicted when they came? I, I think people are overestimating this an awful lot. I, like people are saying it's going like WWE and all this. I, I don't think it's. I think the vast majority of fights in the UFC are just normal matchmaking you know, Sean Shelby and McMahon are sitting in a room together. That's a good fight. I really don't think there's that many money fights. I think people like talking shite about them, but like, how many money fights actually there are there? You obviously there's the big, you know, CM Punk. You have, you know, McGregor coming in against Diaz, uh, fighting him twice when he was the the featherweight champion and going up and fighting Dos Anjos. And you know, you have you have that. But like, how many other examples of money fights actually are there? there I know you have GSP and Bisping as well. But, but uh, well, this thing about GSP and Bisping, this really gets to me, right? In your craw, does it? it? I really like GSP was one of the it's one of the greatest fighters of all time. Like, for me, and people might agree with this, but GSP can come back and walk straight into the title fight anytime he wants. Like, I think he was that great. Of a, you Absolutely. Know, was, yeah, I Absolutely. Mean, people, I agree with you. People keep, seem to be forgetting how great GSP was. Now, he wasn't the most exciting fighter. He wasn't maybe as fan-friendly fan or anything, but he, he, you know, his resume is there. He can come back in and fight that. So I wouldn't class that as, you know, a big money fight like that either. I think GSP deserves that. It'll be a big money fight as well, possibly, but... So, like, let's, like, this is actually kind of, the one thing I've missed, Sean, about speaking to you every week is, like, when I have something that I think is a brainwave or, like, an interesting philosophy, Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not able to share it. Maybe I should send you WhatsApp voice notes or something, but, or kind of, like, just be able to say, (laughs) say back to me, like, as a measured response, being like, yeah, okay, decent shout, bad shout, and then you can formulate your opinions from there on. You know, I have no sounding board. Um, but, oh, it's, it's so hard to kind of explain this, but mixed martial arts has been touted for years as a niche sport, mm-hmm. and that people are getting upset when... Yeah, a niche sport isn't being like isn't growing bigger. Do you know, like mixed martial arts in the last ten years has had the exposure it has needed before Connor came. It has had the exposure it has needed to be able to come a bigger sport in itself within mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. And the Connor since Connor's come on the scene, that has doubled, if not tripled. You know, it has had the opportunity to become that. But we have to realize like what the sport is as well in itself. Do you know like it it is something that is not going to be everyone's cup of tea. As like my opinion from a couple of years ago would have been to try and tell people how they were wrong. And then I realized like no, anyone can feel however way they want. Do you know like we shouldn't be getting 
pissed off about people's opinions relating to like is it a sport or not like you know because whatever like who cares but um and I, I don't know if you feel similar about that to me but it just seems like that people are getting upset about that and when you realize that how much money and how much attention and views and buys that the bigger fights on the end of the scale i think this gsp fight's going to be a huge fight for the ufc to be honest and i think that historically the ufc have put one or two bad fights on and then like got a really good number i think that saint pierre coming back is huge for mixed martial arts i think if saint pierre like had any sense and like and i i think he has a great chance of beating bisbing to be honest like I really uh, like it would be the ultimate fairy tale ending for Michael Bisping to retire after beating George St. Pierre, though. And I think he's has he spoken about that or said he did. I think he's he's talking about it, yeah. But he's t- he's telling it, and I I think that I think that that's going to and Dillashaw Garbrandt's an unbelievable fight. Like I'm really happy that uh, I'm I'm getting to see that fight live. Do you know, like you've spoken about uh, you've been tweeting about Dilla, uh, about cody the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks like and i know like i agree with you like i think that we're going to see a huge 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 improvement in cody garvin i can't wait what this thing about money fights as well <clears throat> and i suppose this is a big topic came out this week that ufc 215 and ufc 216 only did a hundred thousand buys a piece which is obviously coming into ufc 217 now it's going to be a lot bigger with these three title fights on it but it it, it shows the necessity for um for money fights and it shows the necessity for conor mcgregor coming back again you know we had him putting up that tweet about tony this week and more people probably saw that tweet than saw the you know saw the tony ferguson's last fight Uh, it seems shitty to say that but it's true like but what's your take on that like uh, can we continue the gta theme that's all i'm saying (laughs) yes someone asked a question about that what uh, about Paradigm probably uh, having the same company making both those GTA tweets? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what that would like. I think this this whole thing about money fights, like you need those money fights because you can have fights like that all the time, all year round, where you're pulling 100,000 views because the pay-per-view market is huge at the top. I think uh, Patrick Wyman has done some good work on this, that <clears throat> you know, it's, it's big when it's big, but it's never in the middle anymore. You've small, yeah. small on the very top, and I think that's a problem. Oh, de- definitely. You know, I think, um, I do think that it would be like if Connor fights Tony next. I do think that's going to be a really interesting um, metric. Do you know? I'm fascinated by the fact that Connor and Mayweather broke the UK pay per view boxing record um, for buys. I think that was released. Um, that was released a while ago, Beth Klitschko and Joshua, or it bet um, Mayweather and Pacquiao as well. So I think that that's, uh, that's going to be a huge, a huge thing to see how that transfers over to the amount of people who will stay up late in Ireland for Connor. Because the numbers have always been quite good, they've been impressive, but they've never been over the million mark. And I think that that's where it's going to be uh, the telling thing to see how, like, how it's going to do. In the US, I would imagine it would be a very popular fight. I think that Connor's. Uh, uh, commodity in the u.s at this stage and i think that he will be able to produce big numbers for mixed martial arts regardless of who he fights yeah i agree and i think it's very important for mixed martial arts for him to actually come back and fight again so yeah i suppose we'll the the, the the fact as well that they're able to if it is against tony it's that they can play on the fact that he's legitimizing the title you know i know in his in in his eyes and most people's eyes 
in every like sane person's eyes, beating a champion makes you a champion. You don't have to defend something after you've already yeah. won it to <clears throat> solidify yourself as a champion. That's the most ridiculous thing that's ever been said about a champion in the world. Like, I agree. Uh, Andy Stevenson at Andy STE one two three. Uh, what sort of penalties should be enforced for instances incidences like last night at Cage Warriors eighty seven? Solid throwing blatantly late Scumbag. shots. Oh, that was awful. I- I'd love to see someone like that disqualified and have the win taken off. Yeah, hundred percent. No contest. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that. I uh, is there is there a way that that could be like presented? Like fair enough. Like people. It's, <laughs> Are, are, are we such scumbags as mixed martial arts fans that people would hurrah Dan Henderson's premeditated iconic shot on Michael Bisping just because the referee couldn't get to him in time. But when the referee's physically in front of the guy and waving the fight off while looking at you and you have to reach around the referee yeah. to try and strike the guy, you are a special type of scumbag. Yeah, that was you know what I mean? You are a special type of dickhead that is doing nothing to promote mixed martial arts you're I like that's putting mixed martial arts in the gutter do you know what i mean yeah i agree it was horrendous yeah it should be a disqualification i think but yeah uh right we're on to naked Diaz. true or false we have a new section andrew i don't know if you've heard of naked Diaz. true or false section of the week and you're you're stepping in for graham this week because he's keeping a he's keeping a count of these to see who wins after oh. like at the end of the year and stuff so you're doing graham's on this year okay true or false if Jose Aldo had beaten Conor McGregor in 13 seconds, the Fertitta brothers would not have sold the UFC for $4 billion. Sorry, can you explain the concept to me again? I have to say true or false. If, if Yeah, just true or false. If Aldo had beaten McGregor in 13 seconds, the UFC wouldn't have been sold for $4 billion. True. Um, I... Mm. I don't I'm saying that from the point of view that maybe the Fertittas wouldn't have sold it. Yeah, I'm going to go through as well, fair enough. Tyron Woodley is the Jose Mourinho of MMA. Oh, no. No, because I think even the casuals can respect Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho is nine, plus 19 of a goal difference this year in the Premier League. Maybe Jurgen Klopp is the Tyron Woodley. He's plus I mean, one goal the casuals just don't care about Tyron Woodley. That's all. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Conor McGregor knocks out Tony Ferguson quicker than he knocked out Eddie Alvarez. Eight minutes, four, four seconds. True. I'd say true as well, yeah. All commissions should refuse Bill Foot Silva fighting license. Uh, no, because false, because it would set a standard that they couldn't possibly follow in the future. Yeah, I agree. I think that's false as well. I don't mind seeing him fight in MMA as long as he's match, matched okay and stuff. But fighting kickboxing like he did at the weekend was a fucking disgrace. And Glory, I, I was telling people to boycott Glory. They should have. That was a disgrace. Glory are a fucking joke. There are, and they put out a tweet as well before this guy leg kicking like a little girl. It's like, what the fuck are Glory on about? I, Jesus. Glory get me really mad. I hate football anyway. It's a stupid sport. It's an unnecessary, needless sport. But um, <laughs> that's just my opinion. But Glory being stupid like that and putting Bigfoot and Silva in against Rico Verhoeven was just the most idiotic thing ever. And that shouldn't be uh, doing that. And you shouldn't watch them if they do that. Uh, MMA fans will learn that there is only one in in Conor McGregor. That's definitely false anyway. That's, yeah, that's I think... People are past that now, to be honest. Yeah, not happening. Uh, Gunny Nelson will fight for a UFC title before the end of this year, or no, next year? just ever. He says, Oh, true. I'm gonna go false with that one. Uh, <clears throat> Michael Bisping is in George St. Pierre's head, judging by the recent press conference. 
fault because I didn't see the recent press conference. I did. It was. Oh, you have to watch it. It was fucking hilarious. Was it good? Uh, it was the best one ever. This thing is hilarious. But uh, I, I'd say true, but I don't think that makes any difference. Everyone knows my feeling on that. Uh, UFC will add a second belt into weight classes by 2020. False, I think. True. Do you think so? CM Punk's next fight will be in the UFC and on pay-per-view. True. True. <clears throat> Sky will buy the rights to UFC in their next TV deal. True. Because of what happened with McGregor. The, yeah, no, numbers. because they were promoting it, you know, because they have the inside numbers, because they actually know what happened with that. Like Sky sent teams, teams to cover the McGregor stuff. Like that was a big deal for them. That was, yeah, definitely, definitely. All three title fights at UFC 217 will go to the decision. So, Injecek against Nami Yunus. I don't think that will go to the decision. I could. No, I don't think any decisions. Bisping against GSP, I, that could. Yeah, I think that will. Cody against TJ, that definitely no. could, but I'm not sure. I don't I'm think all will. I, I think the main event definitely will. I think one one or two of the others won't. And last one, Conor McGregor will fight for a third UFC belt before he retires. <clears throat> True, I think True. he could. I think it'll be the middleweight belt against GSP. Next question, John Minton. How did Sean Sheehan prepare for Hurricane Ophelia as the man came fully stocked? Uh, I didn't do anything. I went for a walk, and that was about it. How did you prepare, Andrew? How were you getting on? Waiting for the the thing. Waiting for Hurricane Ophelia. Well, the the dry northeast hopefully won't get it until later on the day. I hope hope I can at least make training in the morning and then uh, get home before 12 o'clock and before we batten in the hatches. What I am, like, definitely considerate of, like, if it does reach, like, terrible speeds of winds, my house is, like, surrounded by trees, oh, you know, like, yeah. fucking old trees, <laughs> you know, like, and the, the huge ones seem like they couldn't be uprooted, but just so you're aware, like, there's a huge one next to my room, so. Yeah. R.I.P. Andrew. Just, just so you know, like, this was premeditated, this was not premeditated, Pre- uh, predicted, no, predicted, okay. yeah. All right, last couple of questions. Uh, Aaron Farrell over on Facebook asks, after Artem's tweet to Severe May's very own Pizzi Carl on Twitter, how long, how many rounds do you think Pizzi go against Russian Hammer? Oh, well, hopefully we get to see that one day at the Peter Carroll Invitational. Back, yeah, grappling Artem Lobov and Neil Siri back to back. You'd have to fancy Carroll in both grappling matches, to be honest. Um, I think yeah. he would, uh, I think he would take Comfortable victories over both in the grappling scene. Well, uh, PZ was back training this week and he said he's lost his toe holding ability or his foot lock ability. He's did he? Not the game for so long, yeah. So. Uh, no. Now's the, time, now's the time to challenge him for you, Andrew. Get that. The game, the game. What do you mean? Well, PZ and I have rolled before. I felt the power of the foot lock. I've, yeah, been, but... I've been sized up for a pair of shoes from the cobbler, Carol. <laughs> the cobbler. The cobbler. Yeah, that's his name, the cobbler. Oh, what a legend. What a great man. Uh, Daniel Whip says, ask about uh, Chris Cyborg, and is it in the best interest of the UFC to release her? I don't know. I, I totally agree with that. I don't think it's in her best interest either. Uh, I think she, she's like a, 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 not a potential star, but like a, a bigger than 100,000 boy anyway if she gets a big fight. And I think there's still that hope of the Rousey fight. Obviously, probably never happened, but that Holly Holm fight could be a big fight. I don't think it'd be in their, uh, the best interest to release her or not. Uh, one or two more. One from Bootleg Andy. Do you think Bisping is close to the go- close to the goat discussion? Not counting his losses to proven PD users, he's thirty and three with wins over some of the best. I don't. Is it as, what do you think? That's insane, Andrew. Or do you think he? Do you think he could be close to the P or to the goat discussion? Um, I'm not too sure to be honest. What like 
Who who are the other people around him? Like who would you like? What what is your order? Like who do you rank yeah. ahead of him? Demetrius Johnson, uh, John Jones, uh, Fedor, uh, George Saint Pierre, obviously Anderson Silva. He's beaten Anderson so If he beats GSP, you know he's he's a key. He's probably he's up there. No, but when you, that's I think BS, just being, just I, think being the, I think that the universal pound for pound lists are done based off like impressiveness of streaks cut like crossed with like manner of finishes over a span of a career you know i think that's the way it's always been gauged as when realistically if you listen to jordan breen jake shields should be absolutely top of the list yeah do you know and i think that you could make a case the same way you are close to making a case for stipe Majocic, considering mm. the people that he has gone through at heavyweight you know, as a legitimate case to go down as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, despite if he had survived in a different era, would have been a mediocre heavyweight. Do you know? So that's like, yes, Michael Bisbing could be considered that and from like an MMA mathematician's purest point of view, but I don't know if he could in the general scale, scale of things. I think uh, <clears throat> with his skill set, definitely not. But overall, with his, you know, I, I, I think he's under. I definitely think he's underrated. But no, for me, no. Uh, Derek Kelly asked, "Will Sean be going to the notorious premiere?" I can't because I work on Wednesdays. It's on a Wednesday, but I would have been there otherwise. Uh, it's Johnny Byrne at MMA Takeover. As assemble a team of three MMA fighters to help you sign uh, survive Hurricane Ophelia. Oh well, fucking Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis was the first number one. one. Yeah, that's just I'll have one and send the two to somewhere else that need help. That's all I need, Derek, and uh, maybe Stefan Strew for wading out through water. Yeah, 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 two of them. You'd have to be heavy. Let's get someone small in so I can lift them up. Like Neil Siri, maybe Neil Siri, get him in there. So he fished for you. I catch you fish. Yeah, I'd rather just find out. Yeah, well, Siri'd be good for the fishing, but maybe someone who's a bit of a survivalist. At least yeah. to make the Tim uh, Kennedy. There you go, Tim Kennedy. Tim Kennedy would be good. Yeah, you that <clears throat> You you'd end up dead. Anyway, uh, all right. Last question. I, I can hear myself very badly in your microphone, but that's okay. Oh, no. uh, Andy Stevenson at Andy S T E one two three. He's three questions here: hurling or football? Hurling. Hurling me as well, definitely. Poison or Westlife? Oh, uh, Westlife. Westlife as well. Yeah, hobnobs or digestives? Digestives. Oh, I'm gonna go hobnobs with that one now. Uh, I made a serious snack the other night. I put uh, raspberry jam in between two chocolate digestives and sandwiches. Oh, oh, chocolate digestives! Yes, I know. Yeah. I I quite regularly do it with regular digestives. I melt the butter as well, so it's even better. Um, but I I made the step up the chocolate and mind blowing. What was your favorite lunch going to school? Um, one time my dad gave me chicken curry. And rice sandwiches and homemade brown bread and fresh brown bread and it was absolutely amazing. I it was I, it was absolutely amazing and it was through bad parenting. <laughs> well, my mom was on holidays, but it was a culinary masterpiece. It was ridiculous. It was fantastic. John McCambridge's brown bread can't beat that. Oh, it's delicious. I just, I think I generally think like like brown bread is like one of the most underappreciated things in Ireland. Like. Yeah, people I make. Really, I don't really eat bread anymore, anyway. So it's well, like people make fun of the Irish for potatoes, but you wouldn't yeah. be fucking making fun of us if it was brown bread you'd taste it like. Kerrygold butter as well. Can't bear it. Sure, it's in the bulletproof coffees. 
That's a fact. That load of shit that bulletproof coffee, isn't it? Do you drink that shit? Yeah. I used to drink it when I was working in the nightclub. I thought it used to be good for me, and like it was, it's placebo, I think, for the most part. But I definitely, yeah, no, I definitely, it was tasty, and I definitely would like to do it again to like on a like continuous thing, like drink two cups of it a day for two weeks and see if I feel a long term effect, as opposed to like just sporadically taking it and maybe placebo thinking it's great. Yeah. I, yeah, I took that. Uh, you know, when you drink coffee like I'm a tea man, to be honest. I, I don't drink either. I just water. Oh. Um, I got those uh, Alpha Brain shit before, and this gave me a headache. And, and I sat on You're maybe. You're already too smart. You're already on another level. So that, like, that would have bumped you up to a level that they haven't got a number for yet. So That's a, that's a fact. And no supplements these days, just meat, vegetables, water. That's all I need to survive. Fantastic. I love it. I have to say, I, I, I said it to you already. I love your Instagram. I love your, uh, I love what you're doing at the minute. It's fucking very inspiring, Sean, and you should be very proud of yourself. I'm not going to the internet. Yeah. Sure. You're a great man. At Sean GMBA, give me a follow there on Instagram. What are you on Instagram? And, and Andrew, I'm McGann, Andrew McGann. No, no, I was quicker than Andrew McGann this time on Instagram. I, I offered, I offered at Sean G and hundred dollars to buy his Twitter account off him a few years ago. He never even replied to me. I was going to offer Andrew McGahan money a while ago, and then I figured... Uh, You're known now, like, it's too late. Yeah, do you know at, <laughs> Follow at Lundberg8. Underscore8. Underscore8. I still have that account as well, in case any of my friends are trying to rob it. Nice. So that you're right that thing at the time. What, what are you into there, at Andrew McGahan underscore? I am, and I'll... Uh, can, I, can I tell you just one bit of crack before I go? Oh, yeah. I'm, oh, we talk about Man United Liverpool too, as well. I uh, well... It was. I watched match of the day for the first time this season. Sure. I'm getting back into football. Um, we'll wait till next week over that because Graham will have to be here. And we'll have to bitch about it anyway. Just like literally, give me thirty seconds. Like that is yeah. all I need. Um, you, while you're doing that, let me give out about Liverpool. Yes, Liverpool, Liverpool shutting up the shop. People giving out about Man United being defensive. As I said, Man United have plus nineteen goal difference this year. Liverpool plus one. Liverpool came out and both teams were stick or twisting. Right, Man United were obviously sitting back waiting for Liverpool to change something. Liverpool kept their three midfielders, as Jose Mourinho said. They took off their two best forwards of twelve minutes to go and put on fucking Daniel Sturridge. You can't even walk right and some other dope. Like, what are they talking about? Like, why didn't Liverpool take off Imre Chan or take off uh, Wayne Aldum or take off Jar- rubbish Jordan Henderson and put on put on a striker and go for it? No, but they didn't do that at all. No. What did Man United, Man United put on Rashford? Rashford just was fucked up. He couldn't get on the ball. No good. Put on Jesse Lingard. Like, come on. What do you expect? Man United got, got the draw. They went looking for the draw. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, being defensive away from home against one of your big rivals. I think it's natural. Okay. So, that's it. Excellent. Um... Arsenal were pretty shit against Watford. Worry, like yeah. Granite Jack is on public enemy number one list at this stage for tracking. But Blood. whatever. Um, he, my thing, yes, I'm launching a YouTube channel. I'm launching Ooh. a new YouTube channel on the 31st of October on my birthday. So it has nothing to do with MMA. So I'm sorry already about that. Like it has nothing okay. to do with MMA. Um, but it's called, I remember I used to, I, I don't know if you remember, I spoke about a word before on the podcast called Sonder. Mm, possibly. About the realization that everybody around you is living a life as intricate and complex as yours. Yeah. As many like relationships and variables as yours, but to them, to you, they're just a person that may pass you in the street mm-hmm. and you never see again. So 
when I was in Copenhagen recently, I won my first ever IBJJF Jiu-Jitsu tournament. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, it was due to the recent coach I had in my corner, despite my earlier claim. That's a fact. Um, so that was a huge thing for me. Like I'd never won one of these tournaments before. I had never uh, competed as well or been as focused or followed a game plan or trained as hard for a tournament with no distractions in the last couple of years. So it was it was an amazing feeling um, to be able to do that. And it was after being able to go away to Vegas and then just be able to focus on my jiu-jitsu and myself for the couple of weeks that I came back. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and we were staying on a street and around the corner, like, so we were staying like on a side road, but the main street was called Sonder Boulevard. Oh. And everything came together and clicked for me that weekend. Before I found out the name that it was on Sonder Boulevard, I had already come up with the idea for the YouTube channel, approached the first person to follow and film. They had agreed to it, set a date, set a time. The morning after I got home from Copenhagen, I flew home at six in the morning or seven in the morning, drove into Dublin, spent nine hours following a guy and filming him um, at a venue, at a thing in Dublin. Um, and there's going to be three more episodes probably done of the, like the first four episodes. The idea just behind it very quickly is everybody has a story, do you know? And that was the yeah. one thing that I love doing with mixed martial arts, being able to make people fans of the people that I was interviewing by getting them to reveal something. But if you want an honest like assessment of why that like started getting frustrating, and I realized that this year, and especially if you put seven MMA journalists in front of a fighter and Ariel Helwani is one of them, he has earned the right and he has deserved to get this from fighters that they will give him a better answer to the same question that's asked seven times because media is a routine for a lot of these fighters. It's a chore. It doesn't have the financial gains and rewards that it does for some of the higher level fighters. And it, they just get it's, but um, but um, but um, but um, but um, so for me, I would have had to like speak longer to them to get a better response out of it. And that's uncomfortable to do on camera, to try and keep someone there standing on camera still in the one spot for a minute and a half so you can try and engage in a good dialogue with them to get them to open up a little bit. So with me now behind the camera, due to the experience that I've picked up from shooting MMA and MMA stuff over the years, and um, with new equipment, with microphones, I'm going to be able to follow people to be able to like get them like before they do their thing and the idea is that's something that they're passionate about. So we'll find professions, careers, um, athletes, whatever, you know, artists, musicians, bands, poet, poets, anybody that has a story. And that's the thing. And I'm going to still be able to do all my Mac Life stuff. I'm still going to be doing that. And there's going to be a bit of a, a bit of an announcement in the next like month or two with the Mac Life. They're getting a lot of things sorted to, um, like in terms of like, I can't. There's no. There's no point because I can't even. I can't even say it. like it's not fair for me to say it. But there is going to be. Um, I'm just really looking forward now to the next couple of months because I'm going to be very busy. I'm also going to the Nogi World Championships in December. I have it booked already. I'm going to California to compete at the World Championships on the 15th and 16th of uh, December. I'm training very hard. Um, I'm looking forward to releasing the YouTube channel and just being able to follow it around and. Uh, I might as well. Uh, I might as well just, even though I haven't cleared it with my coach tomorrow morning, Sean. I might as well tell you, I'm also running a jiu-jitsu competition in January in Dundalk. Very so good. That's uh, that's hopefully going to be the biggest thing in January as well. So, you gonna have me crack? Oh, you gonna like look at how Sean Sheehan does his stuff? You know. So, do you want to do follow you want me to around? Like, I can show you. Yes, I definitely love to. And do you know what? I think if you. Uh, 
I think if we reached out to Limerick Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy and told them that we wanted to to film Sean Sheehan's Jiu-Jitsu journey and turn it into a series, <laughs> I think that they would love that. And I think that me saying it on air means you have to give a consideration and come back to me in the future. I am a free man. I could move to Limerick for a couple of weeks. I can drive to Sean. I have a sports car. Yeah, I have a sports car now. Yes, I got a Mazda MX-5. Oh, yes. I, I, when I say God, I mean, my dad bought it a couple of years ago in a midlife crisis, probably. And I was able to get the, I, it was, it was like fixed up a little bit and I got the insurance switched over for fuck all. So I actually like driving again. It's not a redundant task anymore. When you're driving in a cool car, driving's fine. You'll so be running for office soon, won't you? I'll, I'll come down. No, go away you. I'll come down to Limerick and film and train jiu-jitsu with you and we'll document it over a course of however many months if the people demand it you must do it uh, as long as you give me my blue belt really quickly and just say i'm like really fast learner and i'm unreal and um, well the coach in limerick is an unbelievable black belt called fergal quinlan who won a gold medal this week at the ibjjf london open Sweet. Yeah, yeah, that, um, yeah, that's that's probably not going to happen. Anyway, this, <laughs> okay. This Sorry. <laughs> uh, but anything else? Anything work, I don't think I could do at I'm my just, desk. I'm just saying, like work, work towards it. Do you know? Maybe sometime in the future, because you're doing great at the minute. So jujitsu is definitely in uh, in your in your future. Your Skype picture is telling me that. I love the patch on your lapel. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. Someone yeah. actually gave out to me there recently for uh, for having a black belt on my thing, and I actually edited it and went in and made a red belt out of it. Oh my god! Amazing, amazing. Yeah, it was very funny. That yeah. person needs to get a grip, though. Yeah, it does. Fuck's sake, it's only a bit of crack. Like. No, it's only a bit of, bit of a laugh. Um, yeah, so that's, that's that was fun. Did you enjoy it, Andrew? You I did. I have to say, I was uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised to get your text. Yeah. Um. I, sorry, I'm after getting a text that I'll talk to you about off air. Oh, Jesus, what's that about? Anyway. Awesome. Uh, no, I was pleasantly surprised, surprised you were, you were a little bit stuck. I said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It would be, it would be fantastic. And uh, thank you very much. No problem. We I thoroughly, I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. We sure it's a big week for Irish MMA, so we had to get one of the, the dons of Irish MMA on to talk about it. So. Don. There you go. There you go. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Follow Andrew at Andrew McGahan underscore on Twitter. Follow me at Sean Sheenba. Check out his work over on the MacLife.com. Check out Severe MMA as you know, the home of Irish MMA, the best Irish MMA website of all. There's no other even comes close to being to it, isn't it true, Andrew? I agree with you, Sean. The best, <laughs> the best pure mixed martial arts website okay, that's fair. in Europe is Severe MMA without a shadow of a doubt. The industry <laughs> leaders. And actually on that, I'm actually so happy that you have brought that up because a huge congratulations because i didn't i don't have that platform to say it to graham and to gavin and mm. to the guys at motive television for the notorious coming out in cinemas on the first of november i am um, i have no idea if i'm even going to be i i don't know if there's a premiere i don't know if i'm invited i don't know there if is, I'm first of november um well that's the thing first of november is a wednesday and ufc 217 is that weekend and mm. am i going to be there for the media day you know and it's it's my job so i could be flying on the tuesday which is my birthday and i would prioritize that over going to the premiere because like it's my job so you kind of i kind of can't do it so i'm uh, i just wanted to be able to say like those lads 
you know yourself and everybody yeah. kind of around knows like the work that they have put into this mm -hmm. over the years and it's so so well deserved um, I'm absolutely over the moon for both of them. Like, you know, you it, you will not see, and like that's what maybe people on the outside don't realize, like how successful and talented both of those lads are. Like how good they are, what mm -hmm. they do. It is, it's scandalous. It's it's yeah. amazing to see it being paid off. And I don't think it's it's the word I'm looking for is I don't think it's talked about, respected, or acknowledged enough from the general mixed martial arts community what the the brain of severe MMA has also achieved in a video side of things, yeah. if that makes sense. And I think he is, to him, that's nothing. And he just undersells it. So appreciate Graham. Fair play. Fair play. Uh, right. I, I was just going to take a shot there at all the American websites. What other American websites have podcasts <sighs> in the top 20 and a film on Universal and all around cinema? Where, where, where? We 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 gave out last week about fighters only, and uh, why isn't Severe May? Uh, <laughs> why isn't Severe May on the top website? Fighters, the fighters only what followed problem? me on Twitter last week, and I was thinking, why? Never like them. Never why, like, why are we giving off at them? What happened? Just oh. nothing. Just talking. <laughs> just talking. Anyway, we better end this podcast. I'm a stickler for the gossip. Look at me. Sorry. Not, that. <laughs> just gotta, okay, that's it. Follow Andrew at Andrew McGahan, uh underscore at ChanchiNBA at SeveraMayPods in your questions. Tell us how you like the tag Andrew and he's going to retweet it. He's going to retweet everyone's tweet. Send them this week. <laughs> do that. Uh, <laughs> and that's it. The inspirational quote here coming up. Andrew, thanks very much again for having us on. Here thanks, John. Don't be afraid to give up the good to go for the great. I'll see you next Tuesday or Monday.